Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So today is episode 99, nearly at the ton. So this week is a very special guest. He's a friend of the show and has been listening to the show. And we've been chatting on Instagram and stuff like that for a while since he started listening to it. Adrian Allen is a fitness coach, head of Wacky Challenges. He is massive into his mindset, which is what we want to talk about today. Proud carry man, business owner, a massive, massive friend of the show. So Adrian, thank you so much for coming on. Shane, thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, one shy of 100. <laughs> yeah, he got a little bit nervous that he was going to be episode 100 before we came on. He was like, Shane, you're not putting that pressure on me. <laughs> I, I, I know. I thought it was important, but obviously I'm that important to make me uh, 100. Uh, no, well done. You're close enough. You're close enough to the 99. Uh, so for anyone that isn't aware of you, or your story or your background i'm gonna let you have a few minutes on the microphone telling us your story and how you got into fitness and what's what you're all about okay so um yeah set set the countdown timer there shane because uh, i've attended to talk too much but uh yeah. but basically who i am and what i do is my name is um adrian allen i get confused sometimes with aiden because of my my instagram handle being ado allen but uh I'm not really known as Adrian, tell you the truth, but I'm from Kerry, from a place called Lixnaw, to be pronounced correctly, uh, a small parish in Lixnaw, or in Kerry, and I made my way out to Australia uh, in 2011, and in 2011, I was already on the pathway to, I suppose, a successful electrical career, that was the first instance, that's what brought me out to Australia. Uh, I was 20, 23, 24 at the time, came out, got set up, I suppose, in the electrical trade. It's what I didn't enjoy doing, but it was something that I did. Um, when we come out to Australia, things were kind of hitting a bad slump in Ireland at the time. Came out, got set up as an electrician, and I continued to do the electrical trade for the next five years. Now, in that time... I had been introduced to getting into fitness. I was always kind of overweight. I've always always tried different uh, different ways to get fit, but that would last for three or four weeks. And then I realized that I wasn't getting the results that I wanted to in the three or four weeks. And every, all the hard work I'd done, I would blow it away on the weekend. Uh, weekends were a big thing here. And um, yeah, but anyway, to make a long story short, I suppose the electrical career uh, it was good to me, but then I realized I wanted I wanted more, and traveling became a big part of my life then as well. So during my travels, I made my way to New Zealand, where I met a gentleman, and he told me all about fitness camps in Thailand. So I went out to Thailand, did a fitness camp. There I trained properly, probably overtrained for uh, for eight to twelve weeks, and we I came across Unit Twenty Seven. That's where I happened to meet you. And I suppose when I was there for those eight to 12 weeks, massive changes physically and mentally came over me. I realized that I was doing a job in Australia that I didn't enjoy doing. Yes, it was paying me. It was paying me well. And then once I realized that the health and fitness was something that geez, I could I could get into, um, then I decided, yeah, maybe this was a change that I would do. And after the I was in Thailand about 10 weeks, lost a load of weight. I must have lost about 10 kg in 10 weeks, eating sticky rice and <laughs> and chicken from the side of the road. You'd be well used to it as well yeah. when you're over there. And um, yeah, as I was leaving, I was actually in a fitness camp called um, Tiger Mai Thai. So the three main ones are Tiger Mai Thai, Unit 27, and obviously then there is, um, oh, Jesus Christ, they'll kill me. Uh, Titan Fitness. So that was, that's the, the, the three main ones that a lot of people would recognize now over the last couple of years. They've become very popular. But a coach at Tiger Mai Tai come to me one day and I was leaving and she said, you'd be very good. You'd be very good at this um, as a fitness coach. Would you, would you consider staying? And like I honestly had never considered it for one second in my life. Never dawned on me that I would ever go down the fitness road. I always believed... The fitness industry was for someone with six packs and muscles and front page covers and that the average person from Kerry certainly couldn't be a fitness instructor or any Irish person couldn't be a fitness instructor unless they had this all going for them. And uh, 
I went back to work and I, mean, I did my PT cert. I did a PT cert online. And yeah, then I was kind of coming and going from Thailand. And then eventually I bit the bullet and I packed in my electrical career and went to, went to Thailand. And a few things happened, bits and pieces in between. And eventually I landed a job at Unit 27. That's where I met you. So that, that was four years ago. And ever since then, I suppose I, I had three great years in Thailand and then I moved around and then I ended up in Bali. Uh, a lot of the fitness industry seemed to be heading towards Bali. So ventured that way. And now I find myself in part Western Australia for the time being. But, you know, it's uh, it's been a good change of pace. That's for sure. You know, everyone thinks the lifestyle of living in Thailand, living in Bali is great. It can be. But truthfully, I was running around in circles with excitement. It was all well and good, but uh, the change of pace has definitely been something that I've taken on board and I've learned a lot from now in the last um, last four months. So yeah, that's basically who I am. It's mad that um, you, it never crossed your mind in relation to to kind of going down the fitness route or being doing fitness instructor and then someone just drops that little nugget into you and you were like, okay, I'm actually going to try this. Because so many people are scared of change or scared of moving career or whatever it may be i've like i had a real job for a while i worked in sales and recruitment for like mm-hmm. five years and absolutely hated the job great money as you and you had that yeah. as well it was great money but it was horrible horrible industry and it still is and there isn't much of an industry here because there are no jobs anymore because of what's happening but how did you kind of get over that mental block of kind of as you said like carry man not having not having the abs not having all that kind of because i had that whole dilemma myself when i went into kind of i had never really stepped foot into a gym before i became a pt mm. you kind of get your head around that so i suppose um yeah with with the work that i was doing now when i as an electrician here in australia compared to the electrical work that i was doing in ireland in ireland i was you know, wiring houses, first fixing, second fixing. But then when you come to Australia, the work is a bit broader. There's mining. The mining industry is massive, uh, the industrial industry. But I, I ended up in mining. And with the mining industry, we used to go, I would go away for four weeks at a time, go away for four weeks, work 12 hours a day, and then come back to Perth on a week off. And I'd have a week off. And then on that week off, because I would have been deprived of so many things, lifestyle, partying, having fun, then I would fit it all into a week, go back up to work in an awful way, tell you the truth. And this continued for for the four years nearly. It was just like from one extreme to the other, back up for one month, work hard for a month, come back down, have a week off. And eventually if I found that it was playing with my head. Like I never never felt that I would have would have had like issues with mental health in such a way. But then once one day I came home, I came home actually on holidays and my mother, and this was the one thing that kind of was like, okay, you need to do something. My mother asked me, why was it I spent so much time in my bedroom? Okay. Like I was home on holidays. I'd go out partying with the friends, come back. Then I spend a whole lot of time in my bedroom. But what I didn't realize was, and she was right, was the fact that when I did work on the mining sites for three to four years, we worked for 12 hours and then we would go to our rooms. Like we would do a bit of training and whatever, you get an hour to yourself, but then you would go and you would lie in your room. You'd stay there till four o'clock in the morning from seven or 8 a.m. or p.m. to 4 a.m. get up. And that's that was the routine, work, bed, work, bed, work, train, bed, work, train, bed. And yeah, when I got home to Ireland on a holiday, I realized that I was doing the same thing. I was enjoying myself and then I'd spend the whole day in bed or whatever, you know, and it, then it kind of dawned on me, geez, you really need to do something. Uh, you really need to do something with your, with this, you know what I mean? It's getting a bit too controlling of you. And um, yeah, that was kind of like the moment I realized I needed to do something outside of the electrical job. And I did have, luckily enough, I had started uh, PT cert at that stage and I had, I had completed it, but I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to do anything with it. So I didn't. So that came, um, I suppose the timing of it was right. I had done well in the four or five years. I also had just received my citizenship from Australia uh, for being in the country for five years. So I kind of had like a pathway to leave. I had a gateway to get out and I was fortunate enough that the PT cert and my ventures to Thailand uh, had kind of taught me that, okay, maybe it's time I did something with this. I was probably 30 years of age as well at the time. I was 30 years of age. And again, I was thinking maybe if I don't do it now, it's going to be too late. You know, that's for sure and certain. So that was 
that was definitely the pushing point to get me out the door was that maybe I'm running out of time. Whereas now I feel that isn't the case. But four or five years ago, I felt that, yeah, I was running out of time. It's mad that your change in your life came at the around the same time as me. I think I was like 29, probably about three or four months short of 30 as well. So it's mad mm-hmm. that everyone freaks out when they hit 30 that like life is over. But it's mad to <laughs> us like oh. no, life actually started at 30. So it's uh, it's one of those things that I think people just big up in their heads. And they're, they're just a lot of people are just afraid of change. People don't like change. And I think potentially now what's happening. I think a lot of people are going to have to change either with financial stuff. There's a lot more money being saved for people that can't save a lot more staycations and a lot more kind of stuff, a lot more kind of looking after themselves potentially. Like I don't think I've seen like going out for walks. Like it's mad seeing the amount of people going out for walks and moving around. And there's, I thought at the be like lockdown would be people putting on weight, but I've actually seen a hell of a lot more people actually looking after themselves because they actually have a lot more time not running around like a, a radar's fly left pulling and getting pulled left right and center but i don't know how people have survived with kids and i don't know how they've done it but i respect those people that do it but you said that you've gone away you've gone from being very all or nothing with your fitness fitness like you used to train three hours a day like you've gone from properly full-on crossfit like everything was that was your life for so long was like how did you move away from that and was there a kind of like an epiphany moment where you said like i actually have to calm down here um, yeah, I suppose like when we, the, the, the style of training that I was introduced to that worked for me was that when we went to Thailand and, you know, I had no experience five, five years ago. Well, that was, that's maybe seven years ago since I went to Thailand for the first time is that I didn't have any experience. I didn't know that like under eating. Yes, I knew that under eating would cause you to lose weight. But when you go to a training camp like Tiger Mai Thai and you, you're training for tr- two hours it was two or three hours of Mai Tai in the morning for three. It was three hours. You would run for a half an hour. You would do pads and boxing for an hour and a half. And then you'd probably spend a half an hour outside getting sick with all the water you're after drinking. And then you would do, you continue it on again for another hour nearly, you know, and then you would go away and you would eat and you would rest for maybe three or four hours and you would come back in again in the afternoon. And like, no wonder you would lose 10 kg in like the eight to 10 weeks is because you just don't know what you're doing with yourself. You're completely smashing your body, which was all well and good at the time because you don't know any different. You know what I mean? That's the God's honest truth. I didn't blink an eyelid to it. Um, But that was, that was the Mai Tai side of things. But then as the Mai Tai continues, I I realized that I was, I, I wasn't doing what I loved. I was doing the Mai Tai because I believe that's what we come to Thailand to do. So I did the Mai Tai, but then after maybe six weeks of doing that, I realized that, look, this isn't for me. Like, you know, I've no intention of punching anyone. Uh, I couldn't even move my leg up over knee height. Like I was crippled. And eventually one day I was kneeling or kneeing a bag. Like, you know, you knee a bag 300, 400 times and you do it again. You do sit-ups. And eventually I couldn't even kick the bag. And I was like, I can't do it. Like, I I need a break. I I need to change this up in some way, shape or form. And I, I ended up leaving that class and that's when I first discovered strength and conditioning classes. So it was, again, it was just like, you know, you're having your ladder up against the, the wrong wall, as we say, you think you're doing the right thing. But when you get to the top of that ladder, it's like, oh no, I'm, I really should be over here doing something else. And I'm grateful that when I did leave that class uh, to go try something else, that it, it led me to strength and conditioning. And, you know, the, I suppose the, the camaraderie of people in the class as well was something, and it's, it's always been group fitness for me. Like, so this is like, it was when I joined the group fitness class, I loved that everyone was working together. Like I, I probably was never really in a gym before that. Like, so I wouldn't, it was never, the gym thing wasn't my thing. It was always like playing football, playing soccer. So when I seen group fitness classes then, and you know, there's people from all over the world that come to Thailand and like, you've been there yourself, you've seen it. And it just, it just brought out so much more in me. And then eventually after weeks of that, I realized, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. And then unit 27 happened to open as well at that stage and again that just raised the bar like we were doing strength and conditioning classes but once unit 27 opened and if people don't know about unit 27 hopefully we get into it but it was just another another level of fitness classes that was brought to the table and you know i haven't seen it replicated anywhere and certainly i don't think you'll see it replicated anywhere else around the world you know so that that has been fantastic as well like unit 27 i did unit 27 for about 
two weeks, but I used to do the yoga before the first class in the morning, just to kind of like mm-hmm. get a little bit of mobility and get warmed up and then do the class first thing in the morning. But going like that's what was it for 40 minutes to an hour and you come yeah. out of the class like i'd be one of these people that wouldn't be like when you think of crossfitters you think like taking off the top straight away i'd be yeah. like no, 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 no i'm not doing that but then you're like it's so so warm it's it's unbearable and you're just like top off and you really don't care but what i love about it is it's people from all over the world at different stages in their journey on that on that street on that strip um and having the kind of the 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 banter having the crack with people from all over the world, different stages, but they're also trying in the same space. They want to just push themselves for that 40 minutes to an hour. So you've talked about kind of like going from kind of like always being in group training. Well, myself, I've kind of done a little bit of group training from, and you've come from a team background as well. Why do you think there's such a weird stigma between or a weird kind of attachment to it's one or the other? Why can't there be kind of a, a balance in the world in, in fitness? Because some people are like, if you're if you're a bodybuilder or a bro you're like solo 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 but yeah. you also see the camaraderie of kind of like the crossfit stuff and it's like group 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 and you get that that kind of camaraderie but why do you think there's kind of such a difference in mindset and that people are afraid to try both um I, well you know first of all that that is a great question and it has come up a lot you know people's people saying all oh, that people are doing too much conditioning you know that lifting weights is the way to go you know maybe for body composition definitely building muscle is the way to go you know what i mean and truthfully you're not going to build much muscle in a group fitness class jumping around all all the day but what you do have is that when you go to group fitness classes you will push harder than you physically and mentally have ever pushed yourself probably in the gym and what i see from the group fitness class is like yes you're you're building your your cardiovascular fitness but you're also building mental strength i do believe from what i found in thailand is that, yeah, you were probably overtraining at times in places, but it's like when someone tells you, go go for it on the assault bike, and you go for it. You know what I mean? You can't you can't teach that thing. You, you have to be put in there with someone that you can't let down, you know? And that's the thing about when you do partner workouts and so forth. You will get more out of a person by doing by being together as a team than you would do if, you, if I went in the round myself and I had to do the exact same workout. You know, you kind of get to lay off a bit, but... There's definitely, the way I see it to people is like that there should be a place for both. Obviously, if someone wants to become a bodybuilder, you're going to stick to the gym. That's perfectly fine. But it is it is all down to what it is you want from your training. And this is where we have to be clear on what it is we want when we sign up. If we want to train or what is it we want. You know, people sometimes don't ask themselves why they're doing it. Yes, we have, I want to lose weight. Well, there's plenty of ways to lose weight. First of all, you don't even, you don't even need to go to the gym. You know what I mean? Like what you said about the walking over uh, while this um, pandemic has been happening. I walk every day for 30 minutes. When I want to lose weight, I walk more. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, yeah, you could eat less, but walking, number one, I think is the best thing you can do. But it does go for whatever people are interested in. If someone wants to be a bodybuilder, like I said, then stick to the gym. But if you want to try something else and you want to like meet more people, then going to the group fitness class is definitely a better way to meet people for me, that's what I find. But for me personally, I like to mix it up between the two and, you know, give people a feel for both. But again, group fitness classes might not be for everyone, but there's definitely a place there once or twice a week, maybe where you might give it a go and, you know, meet new people. Because if you don't try something new, you're never going to learn. You know what I mean? If you're going to do the same thing over and over again, you're going to expect the same results. Whereas like you never know, you go to a group fitness class, it might, it might complement your training, you know, and so forth. So definitely, yeah, I like to do a mixture of both. I never, you know, I don't say to one person, unless they say to me, that I'm not doing that. It's not for me. Well, then I'd be like, okay, well, then you don't have to do it because you're not put on this world to do something you're not meant to do or you don't want to do. If it's for you, you can go do it. You make your own choices. But certainly, yeah, it's, I just find for me, and as a coach, I just get the, the most out of me when I am doing group fitness classes with people whereas other coaches will rather do one-to-one pt i find that you would get a whole lot more out of me as a coach by doing group fitness but that's that was my niche you know what i mean and i figured that out when people were asking me for one-to-one coaching i would do it and i still would do it but there has to be the right reasons as to why they're doing it you know so that's what where would be, what, would be, what would be those whys for you well i suppose sometimes i think when people want one-to-one they're they're sometimes they can jump into the 
especially say speaking from Thailand, they've come out on a group fitness or they've come out on a, f- a fitness holiday and then all of a sudden they have some money and they're like, oh yeah, I'll just do PTs and it'll get me the results I want. I'm like, no, you need to understand why is it you want to pay me to do one-to-one when you already have the classes and so forth, you know? And it is, it's at certain times in someone's life, they need PTs, you know what I mean? If someone is brand new to training, ideally I would be telling them get a PT from the start because you skip all the bullshit. If you get a good PT, you can skip all the hassle of trying to figure it out yourself. I tried to figure it out for years. I wish I'd got a PT when I was younger. I never did it. I first hired a PT when I became a coach at Unit 27, and I have no shame in saying that. I was a coach at Unit 27 before I ever had done a PT, before I had ever went to someone. And then when I got the job, obviously, I didn't have much experience. I was thrown into the deep end pretty fast, and I went and I got a coach to do bodybuilding with actually a guy at Titan Fitness. And it was the best money I had invested because I needed, I wanted to learn, you know. So if someone wants to learn, definitely get a PT. And again, it does fast track your results. And if you need someone to keep you accountable, you know, you have someone to keep you accountable. So that's definitely my take on it. I think the the, the biggest word there that you've said is the word investment. I think so many people see it as kind of like, it's money they could be pissing money away like there are bad coaches out there don't get me wrong i literally woke up to a message this morning saying that someone's pt is cut out potatoes out of their diet because there's too many carbs in them i was like you're a <laughs> fucking idiot get rid of that coach but like but like it is an investment and i think for coaches yeah. in particular it comes from a different angle that sometimes is our egos that let us kind of say that we don't need yeah. a coach but i've had probably two or three coaches one to get me through a fitness photo shoot one to kind of get me in shape for to go over to thailand i'm yeah. one now just to kind of get like a variety of home workouts because i can't go into the gym yeah. so i have to kind of get a little bit more inventive and with bands and all this kind of stuff and all yeah. that kind of tempo training so it's it's it is important that coaches do believe in coaching because if you don't believe in yeah. coaching then what are you doing in the industry really oh, absolutely. Um, and it goes, it goes for everything and like you know i i certainly realize that when like if i could go back 10 years like if if you just hired a coach for three months, you would skip so much. I learned so much that you wouldn't need him for the next nine, nine years and nine months. Cause you've learned like you would learn so much in the first three months. And like, I think it's people find it hard to invest in their invest in their, in their health, like with coaches. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll go to the gym. The, the gym might cost a hundred euros a month, but we have no problem going away drinking it in a night out when you could possibly go, 29 days out of the, like you go to the gym every day if you have a good gym you have a swimming pool and a sauna like you there's so much to do like in in the facility you know so i think people definitely do underestimate like the power of investing in your health and you know i think the older you get the more you realize obviously you know i certainly when i was younger i wouldn't have been investing in it now it's like okay what what can it do for me you know what i mean and that's the way i see it. but it does definitely take you to get a little bit older and a bit more cop on to to see that point of view, you know? So to any 18 year olds listening, I just say, go get a coach, a good coach. There's plenty of them there, you know? So yeah, that's be advice to my younger self for sure. You've, you've uh, spoken about unit there and you can see you get excited when you start talking about unit. Why do you think it's the way it is? What, what's, what is Dale created in order to get that place the way it is? Because I, when I was there with Songkran, Oh yeah, so I was there for your bloody mental thing, trying to keep a fucking duck above my head, and then having <laughs> burpees and release the duck. So, how like what is it about unit and that strip in general that everyone kind of loves and buys into? Yeah, uh, now that you mentioned, I had a dream about it last night. You know, this is I think this is the the, the thing about having too much time lately. But I do like, and I do miss like I've, I'm gone from it with uh, just over a year. But what was created there and with Dale. Dale's a young, a young guy. Dale is still only about 26, I think, now at this stage. Like, so Dale oh. has been there. Yeah, he's a young man. Yeah, you wouldn't realize it. And I think just, okay, truthfully and honestly, it's the brutality of it. You know what I mean? I just don't think people ever expected that you could be put through something. Like, you know, any gym you have in Ireland or any gym, and like this is no disrespect to any gyms around the world, but if you did what they do to you at Unit 27 anywhere, you wouldn't have people coming back to your gym. You just wouldn't have enough people coming back. That's the God's honest truth. But I suppose what, what the street brought was the location of it. You have the street is two kilometers long. People 
are passing and it's on the street. Like it's basically you're, you're facing the road. And this, I think it's just, it's the camaraderie of the classes. Like the classes hold up to 30 to 40 people at times, but then it's how their word is. Calorie killer, death row, executioner, you know, morning glory, <laughs> the yard where you're put outside in the yard and like, you know, you're in a cage. It's like, it's just, it's grown and it's the people just to keep coming back, you know, and that is, that's what makes it great is that people, you could come back, I go back there when it starts to kick up again. And, you know, yeah, I've obviously worked there, but uh, the people that I meet through there are friends for life and they have been. And most of the people that I deal with now, it's all true that people that I've met on that street. And it is, it's just the intensity of the classes. You will, you just wouldn't push yourself as hard if you were in any other gym anywhere else in the world, I believe. Like, you know, so that's why. The bit that used to kill me was the 500 meter runs that used to destroy <laughs> me in that heat. Irish people are not made for that heat. Uh, you, you were lucky. You came at a time when we couldn't run people five kilometers. <laughs> that had to be cut uh, back. But, uh, you know, it is it is a, a no holds barred. Like you can like you, you can just make up. You can just make people like the debt row class where you can get to 20 people. It's open to 20 people. And, you know, they're warned before the class starts that you, you can leave now and you can get your credit back. But once the class starts, you're in and there's no leaving. And, you know, my job as a coach was to build fear in people, you know, as much as I like, I love doing it. And that was the fun thing about it was that you could just physically, mentally, you could get into anyone's head before you started the class. And I just wanted to see how many people you could make step away from the class before the class started. And that was the fun part. And that was the show part. But then once people were willing to stay and work, then that's when you would feed off it. You know what I mean? And, you know, you want them, you don't want anyone to fail, but you definitely looking to build mental strength and character. And that's exactly what any of the classes done. You know, at the start, you start off and you do the morning glory at eight to nine, but then you progress. Once you see what people are going through, like in Grenade, that was another class. It was just like, it was holy war rain down on people because they signed up for it you know what i mean you don't tell anyone to sign up for it they they signed up for it because it is what they want to do and the chances are you have a chance to do it now you're in thailand this is what you came for like you haven't traveled you know paid paid the money come here for two or four weeks to not give something a try you know so you might as well try it but you you got to be prepared for it and anyone that does come out to thailand you know i believe that they do i i hope that they would do some form of training before they come out because it gets intense and you know you can start off you will start off small and you start off slow which is great but definitely you you want to come in hitting the ground running you know and then you get the full benefit of your thailand experience but if someone comes in and they've never been through any of the classes before and they have come specifically for that two to four weeks it's going to be a a tough first week if not two weeks you know if they aren't prepared for it like but it it is uh it is, it is, it's very, very different. It's very, very, it is tough. And it is, it is exactly what you said, building mental resilience. Mm-hmm. I remember the first day I arrived, I, I was, I think I was probably got like six hours sleep and I just arrived and I was so jet lagged. <laughs> I got, they had asked me to do 21 calories on the bike. I say I fell off the bike. I just, it, it was, and then I had to rest for the next day. But it was one yeah. of those things. It, it's, I think the camaraderie for me was the big thing as well. There's people I still talk to, like they're in New yeah. Zealand now and still kind of people that you, it's, it's, it kind of builds a friendship as well. And all credit to, yeah. to Dale and what he's created um, and what's over there, like the, the, the two different venues to have as well, up the hill yeah. and at the bottom of the hill as well. It's, it's incredible. And you do yeah. like mental work. You did mental workouts when you were there as well with one of your uh with one of your buddies and one of the ideas that you've come up with or one of the ideas you did was the tire flipping up all the way up to the border how far is the border away from there and how the hell did you come up with that so i suppose yeah look in thailand you do you do meet a lot of crazy characters and i better give a shout out to jamie fox not the real jamie fox but <laughs> the jamie fox yeah uh jamie's from scotland and like he's probably one of the biggest humans i've ever met i've seen but we would train together, and then we had Pat O'Shea. Pat O'Shea was actually an American. Um, he was in Afghanistan on deployment. He was another guy that came along. So you know, you just you just meet people that are willing to go. That have obviously been through more than you've ever been through in your life. And next thing you're like, okay, you're now training with them. But that goes for everyone, even in the classes. You don't know what one person does from one day to the next, but you're all in the class together. So what what I became very good at doing was asking people. You know, after you get to know him after a couple of days, like, oh, what do you do? 
one person works in an office in Hong Kong, one person's an air hostess, one person is a sparky in Australia, one person is a plumber from Ireland, you know, and it is the mixture. And you can see it a mile away. And, it, you know, once you get to know people, it becomes great to train with these guys. But I met Jamie and Pat and um, we had this idea. We had a tire. The tire was always in the class. Uh, you know, you would flip it now and again. And then obviously... I suppose it, it must have come, it had to come from David Goggins after doing a tire flip. He flipped the tire, a small tire. I'll give him that much. It was a small tire. And he flipped it for a, a kilometer or something it was. And then we were looking at the other tire when we were talking about it. And then we seen the big the tractor tire. And like the tractor tire is the, is the back wheel off a Massey Ferguson. It weighs, weighs 80 kg. And we were like, okay, maybe we could flip it a kilometer. And then, but that just wasn't tough enough. You know what I mean? There was going to be two of us. And then Buddha, if if no one, if anyone has been to Thailand, to Phuket especially, there's a big Buddha. It's up on top of a hill. It's 4.2 kilometers. Any normal person would walk it. Any mad person would run it. But then it probably just takes something a bit special to decide, okay, let's flip the tire. Every second flip, we'll flip it. So we measured it out in the classroom after 20 flips, do the maths, measure the tire, how long it was going to take us to flip 4.2 kilometers and it worked out to be over 2,000 tire flips. So I knew we had, like, we'd done the maths on it, like, and truthfully, we weren't far off it by the time we got, when we, we, we got there. So, yeah, every second tire flip, I would flip it. Then I'd step out the way he would flip it. And it probably took us about four hours. But these were the things we were doing. You know, when Jamie would call and he'd have an idea, carry the kettlebells, 32 kg kettlebells, carry logs, anything, sandbags, whatever we could do to make it harder for ourselves. And, you know, people would say, like, what are you doing it for? And truthfully, I didn't know what I was doing it for either, but I just knew that Jamie wanted someone I was in there, you know, and it's, you're not going to get the chance to do these things anywhere else. And, you know, I, I definitely think that we we encourage people to do step outside our comfort zone and to try something new. You know what I mean? That didn't mean that they have to flip the tire up with that, but go, go out and walk it. Like midweek, instead of doing a class, Dale would kill me for saying, but I was telling people, go walk with that. You know what I mean? It's, it's an hour and a half walk, or it's about an hour walk. It's beautiful up there. You know what I mean? And you walk back down, you burn a thousand calories probably. You know what I mean? It can be a two to three hour walk. You have a beautiful view and it's it's spectacular. And it is one of the main reasons I can't wait to go back is to just walk up with and, you know, take in the views again. But it is it has led to a couple of other things, you know. Um, it definitely it builds mental strength. And then you're just like, okay, what can I do now? You know, so then running marathons has come into play, ultra runs and whatever else now I can do at the moment to kind of, to build mental strength, you know, physically fit. I think I'm fine physically, but you know, when it comes to pushing time limits and, you know, kilometers out, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely the approach I kind of want to take with my fitness career anyway. So it is. And you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Goggins. Would he be kind of your go-to? Would you go to the like the likes of Jocko Willink or something like that? Or who would you kind of like, re- who would you listen yeah. to? Or would you listen to podcasts? Or would you go for books for that kind of stuff? Or is it you've mainly learned from just doing? Well, at the, I suppose to start in Thailand, like I, like I didn't know that what I was doing was where it was preparing me to go. You know what I mean? I knew that I was training hard. I knew I enjoyed the longer the, the longer the workout, the better it suited me. I always felt that way. So if it took if the if the workout went over the forty minute mark, I always felt that I I could perform better the longer it went. So uh, recently of late, I suppose Ross Edgley, uh, Ross Edgley is actually going back probably two probably two year mark, two to three years as well. I first read his book. Uh, it was called the world um, the world's fittest book. Uh, but Ross Edgley, yeah, it, it's made like he's just amazing, and he. He was doing challenges, like he he towed a car around, um, was it Silverstone? He, he towed a mini a mini Cooper, uh, a marathon distance, took him 20 hours. He was climb, rope climbing for charity until he reached the height of Everest, up and down the rope, up and down. And I just think Ross Edgy is probably my number one go-to because he's been, it's just his enthusiasm. If no one knows him, he has a new book out called The Art of Resilience. And uh, he he swam around Great Britain 157 days at sea without touching land he slept on the boat he had a crew with him so he would swim in the tide for six hours get back in the boat for six hours swim with the tide again and yeah 157 days and i just finished that book and he's amazing he's been an amazing person to you know to follow but then probably someone a bit closer to me would have been um 
I have a friend here in Australia and I worked with him. He worked in Unit 27 just before me. His name is Luke Richmond. And Luke, again, just a normal dude, but he went, he again went to Thailand, found this, you know, he had problems living in the real world, went to Thailand, moved out to Thailand. And the, the adventures he's done, he's done uh, five out of, uh, is it seven, the highest mountains, six out of the seven. Everest is the only one that he hasn't done. Uh, he's, he kayaks mad distances. He walked the Gobi Desert. And yeah, and he's he has a few books out as well. Vod, uh, from Vodka to Sandstorms is his latest book. But he's a person that kind of keeps on to me. And we've done, while I was in Thailand, in Thailand, he was planning a trip to Ireland with his wife. And the two of them was like, okay, what, what are we going to do when we go to Ireland? And I just happened to be coming home at the same time. So we did the four peaks challenges in 24 hours, where you the highest peak in each county. So that's just something, you know, where people can begin with is like, Doing the smaller challenges, even if you just do the highest mountain in Ireland, you know you can do Karen Tuhul on the weekend if you're down in Kerry. And uh, yeah, it's you know just start off doing small things. Karen Tuhul is about a, a five hour up and down. You know that's a long time to be on your feet. And then we just decided that we should do uh, all four peaks in 24 hours. And yeah, it took us over 24 hours, and we didn't actually. And it kills me, but we didn't make the one in Mayo. Uh, like we got lost. There was four of us on the mountain, but it, it was a great challenge. And by the end of it, we were wrecked. And yeah, I went back to do the three peaks in Britain, uh, the three highest peaks. I did that last summer. So that again is another challenge. And yeah, recently then was just a case of, okay, I needed to test myself. So I just decided, okay, what can I do? Kind of that's, that can be done. I always want to do a 24 hour race or a hundred kilometers. So there just two weeks ago, just kind of put on the bag with a friend and walked 100 kilometers and it took us 23 hours and 40 minutes and I completely underestimated that. But Your eyes, your eyes like, after seeing that, I think it was towards yeah. the end and then you went on camera and your, your the soul had left your eyes. <laughs> yeah, so like it is just, it's all these things that I, I hopefully are building me up to do better, John, to do more things, to, to, to really step outside my comfort zone because that's where I feel I want to go. You know what I mean? Yes, things, we're not allowed to travel at the moment. But there's, there's plenty of things we can do. For me to be doing mobility work, 10 minutes of yoga kills me a day. You know what I mean? But that's a challenge to me, you know? So it's like everyone has their different challenges. Um, you know, they just have to kind of step up to the plate and you know, pick on those challenges so that we can grow. Because if, we, if we're constantly doing what makes us comfortable, we're not going to grow, you know? Like you're doing a podcast, you're up to 100 now. How, what did the first one feel like, you know? Sorry. Yeah, you might might have felt that way, but you know, you learn from it, and there's only one way to to learn from these things, and that's to get out and to do the work, like so it is. Yeah, and I 100, I 100, and I was I was talking, I've spoken to, been so lucky to interview one of your good friends as well, Shane Finn, and he spoke about his his journey through walking around or doing the stuff around Ireland, and then going over to the states, and some of the stories and the the mental breakthroughs and stuff that you get through that. And you've spoken about kind of the mental breakthroughs, but you've been working a lot on your mobility. I think you're doing it with Sonny Webster, aren't you? Yeah, with yeah. Exactly. Uh, but you've also taken up like journaling and meditation with Pativity. And yeah. I think a lot of people, that's almost, their, that's their mental block as well. It may not be these physical feats. It, may, it, it could be the mental feat for people as well that they don't necessarily want to be thinking about stuff that, that they're afraid of what's going to come forward if you know what i mean in the, in the head yeah. and i've been there everyone has what made you kind of take up kind of the journey and the meditation and how has it gone and, and is there anything that you've kind of learned out of it yeah so i suppose if you were asking me this question six months ago we would have ended the podcast right now because i would have had no experience with it and you know i'm not ashamed to say that either because like when i was in bali and i was running around there was there was no time to think like I had no time to think with the last couple of years. And then when this situation happened and I did move back out to Australia, it gave me time to like slow down. Okay. Slow down. You, you can't go anywhere for a while, but I was introduced to this 10 day mastery course by um, Simon Hall. He's a friend of mine that um, lives in Bali and he was setting up a 10 day mastery course. Now I didn't know what was going to be involved here. He asked me to do fitness classes. Would I come on and teach fitness classes as part of this 10 days? And, you know, I was like, oh, I don't know if it's for me or whatever, you know, but I was like, you know what, I will, I'll do it. And uh, 
wasn't doing anything else. But then I got introduced to this, an, an Irish girl. Her name is Sarah Gregg. And she has a book called Find Your Flow. So I first, I Sarah was doing a, a one-hour talk and she was talking about journaling. And it had kind of come to, to mind. I was like, oh, I used to keep a kind of a journal before, but not for any reason. I just write down what happened during the day. And I happened to find it when I came back here. It was in a box at my sister's house. And it was kind of interesting to read what I was doing five years ago. But then when I met, when Sarah gave the talk, I was like, oh, John, what I should do? I should, I should maybe give it a go. And I started doing the journaling. Sarah gave us loads of prompts on what to do. And then um, another coach came in and she was a breathwork teacher. It's maybe in the next day or two afterwards. So then that was my first introduction to it. That was probably about four months ago. So I was doing the journaling, doing a bit of meditation. Then I obviously Wim Hof is probably a popular source to do the Wim Hof breathing. And I tried that and it was, it just felt very aggressive. And I was like, no, nah, this isn't really working for me. I couldn't really get into that. But um, then I stumbled across, uh, across Pat. Now I, I come across Pat before, but you know, there's so many people out there now on social media, people go missing and uh, Pat, Pat appeared and I was listening to his podcast. Well, his podcast is amazing, by the way. It's, it's almost as good as yours, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's there. And that was just, that was just really good. I think it just came at the right time because Pat's podcast is like, you know, he's talking to people or he's talking to you uh, in the podcast. So then he, he, uh, he had a free 14 day journaling course online, which I was like, oh, well, I'm already after doing maybe a couple of weeks of Sarah's journaling and, you know, Pat's, you know, on the masculine side of things. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll give this a go. And then I started doing the 14 days with Pat. And that was, again, it was another introduction into it. So you're kind of trip feeding yourself bits and pieces all the time. And then Pat had a box breath uh, meditation, which was you take a deep breath in. So a vision of box, take a deep breath in for four seconds. Then you will hold for four seconds, deep breath out for four seconds, and then hold for four seconds. And you repeat that cycle. And if you can't do four seconds, you do two seconds, and you just, I kind of like visualize the box and I follow it. So I was doing, first of all, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. And then eventually, yeah, it's, it's start. I could feel that because I suppose journaling, you're meant to write down your thoughts. A lot of it is like writing down your thoughts. And it's hard for people to understand that at the start is that we have so many thoughts. You know, they say we have 60,000 thoughts a day, which 99% of them are reoccurring. So, you know, you need to write it down. And the first couple of weeks of journaling, you're, constantly writing but you're writing down everything that's in your head and then it becomes clearer but then when you start the meditation when you close your eyes and it's new to you 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 see a million things like your head is going one way one thought comes in one thought goes out and you don't know whether to look left or right but then I believe after like I was I suppose I'm about three months into it now you can set your intention of what it is you're trying to think about and now you can it becomes easier so the box breath now is up to 49 minutes I did 49 minutes last week and nearly like some days you go missing. That's the truth. Like, and I, like I wouldn't have been able to explain to you before, but when you're doing the breath work is like, you just zone out because your, your thoughts now aren't there anymore. Like you have a clearer conscience, I feel. So that has been like amazing to me, you know, now I don't do it every day, but I'm trying to do it every day. And then I suppose I, you know, you're looking for other ways in, then you're looking at different apps and so forth. But if anyone has audible, there's a 20-day free app. Uh, I'll have to send you the picture of it. There's a 20-day free, and it starts you at five minutes, and it works you up to 25 minutes by day 20. And again, it goes. It shows you the different variations. The box spread is in there as well. It shows you walking meditations, it, meditations, just different mantras. So it gives you a good understanding of like the one. There is different variations of this exercise that people can do. So you know, one mightn't be for you, but then. There is, there is one that might suit you. So certainly all the journaling has worked wonders. And then the, the meditation on top of it kind of gives you a bit of a clearer headspace. In, in the times, I think, that we're in and what's been going on, it has definitely helped me massively. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of hard to talk about sometimes to people. But I, I've i started spitting it out a bit on, on Instagram just to show people that I'm doing it. Because you need, people need to know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, well, they don't need to know. But it's good if you think something has worked for you that you share it, that it, you know, if you can bring value to someone and if it works for you and if you think it'll work for them, well then you're kind of doing yourself in the world of disjustice by not sharing that with people. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you have brought it up as a question because other than that, like I probably, it's very hard to discuss that because truthfully I thought journaling was just for girls and I said it before and I'll say it again, you know, 
But now when I mention it, a couple of guys will say, oh, yeah, geez, can you, you know, tell me more about that? But now I find that the journaling is becoming more than just writing about your daily thoughts. It's like uh, you're asked, you get asked questions like I'm on um, Get Paid for Your Passion course with Pat as well. And there's questions in there that you are journaling about those questions. Like I suppose one came up recently, just for instance, a, an, an easy question would have been, what, what are your, your 10 most successful moments in life? You know, like I could ask you now, which would take you probably, you know, you'll have to think about it. But whereas when you write it down, they'll all start to come to you. But then I was like, well, that's, that's a good part. That's a good question. So then I said, what are the 10 things that I am proud of in life? And then it kind of makes you realize, oh, shit, I did kind of did that when I was younger. That was kind of stupid. But you learn from it. So the journaling has now become more not just about my day, but just about digging up what it is I want to make me better at where I want to go. So like getting paid for your passion. Why is it I want to bring an online, not just fitness course, but a mindset and a living course to like people? You know, I, I love working in the group situation. So that's the way I feel I'm going with that. But the journaling and the meditation has like brought that to me as well. Like, you know, it makes me think about what it is I really want. And it gives you, can give you the answers, I suppose, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, I'm glad I wasn't the only one that thought it was a little, like I, when I first started journaling, I started journaling probably three years ago, but like in the last, since lockdown, it's, it's escalated to like a next yeah. level. But I always thought it was going to be one of these, like, as a man, you're as a man, you're kind of like, is it macho to be writing down your thoughts and how you're feeling and being in touch with all this yeah. kind of stuff? But I don't think without it, I wouldn't be in the headspace I'd be now. Like I'm going away on a solo staycation. I would never have done that before if it wasn't for the journal. Um, yeah. Because I think a lot of people are just afraid to be, they're worried where their heads are going to go. They've done so, it's like being in the gym. They've done so many reps in the negative and they just yeah. have to retrain the brain. They have to push their heads, push their minds a little bit further to try and get their minds into the positive on that side of things. And it doesn't even have to be like the most profound thing in the world. It could be something, a sentence that resonates with you or something you're grateful for that happened that day or you've had a positive impact on yourself or someone else that day. I think yeah. a lot of people think that after like writing down for three times, they're going to be like, they're going to find the meaning of life. I don't think it's ever going to happen for anyone, but it's mad. Like you've mentioned Pat Tivoli and Pat Tivoli's podcast is I have a, I have like three or four episodes uh, queued up for the, for the road trip of his. Um, so I've block booked those, but like he, his, when he does his podcast, it's like he's sitting with a cup of tea in front of you. Yeah. And that's that's unique, a unique trait to be yeah. able to, talk to a human rather than talking and trying to ram down your ideologies down their throat yeah it is and that's definitely you know that's the difference and that i found with that podcast was like you know and we we all look up to pat i think he's he's done an amazing job from being a fitness instructor to changing he's asked you but he is podcast he is talking directly to you he's not interviewing anyone he's di talking directly to you and you 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 basically think you're having a one-on-one -on -one with pat like you know that's the way it feels but yeah, like on his other, what he has taught me as well for the last, his 90 day courses, you know, we're, health is number one, basically. That's like when we're, for the last four or five years, health has been number one. I want to train, I want to be fit. But then you don't look at your relationships and you're not looking at your career and you're not looking at your, your hobbies and yourself. You know what I mean? So that's where like Brian Keane calls them the four quadrants of life. That's in Brian's new book. Uh, I listened to that recently. And again, it's like, they're come it's coming at me at the right time like you know when brian said that it goes oh i understand what he's talking about because pat dibley does that oh i understand what pat's talking about because simon hall taught me this four months ago you know so they are looking at the four different areas of life not just like not just health you know what i mean health is one part your fitness and nutrition then you're looking at your relationship with your family and your friends like you know whereas like i call someone once a day now whereas before i wouldn't have because i never thought outside of you know, oh, if I go to the gym two hours a day, it'll be grand. Everything will be fine. But you know, there's a lot more that we need to look at. And when people are ready for that side of things, you know, or if they have in their career, their passion and their their finances, you know, it's another thing. Something as simple as I'm going to save $100 a week is like, you know, working on my finances. Whereas before I wasn't doing anything, you know, it's just like letting it spending plenty. All right, that's for sure. But, you know, and you just there is different areas of life that we all need to work on. And. You know, we'll definitely live 
a happier, healthier life and we can work on all the other areas. Now, there will be times when you need to focus on one area like your business or maybe your health, but then you need to look back and say, okay, well, am I given too much time? Could I be doing something in the other areas that would uh, help me progress? And, you know, because if you have your six pack, great, you could probably do with a couple of more friends because you're probably after neglecting them for, for the last six months, you know? So that's yeah. been a, a major learning curve. The nail you hit in the head there, well, it has to be the right time. Like it's, yeah. like you can read as many books, I have books above my head and there's some <laughs> books that haven't resonated with me. But then there's other books that have resonated with me at certain times, there's certain podcasts yeah. that I'm kind of, if something's coming to my head or something is bringing me down an avenue, I'll literally yeah. jump on that. But there could be other things that may not have resonated with me. There'll be different stages, as you exactly said. Someone will say something to you and then six months later, you're like, oh, that's actually, that actually makes a lot of sense now. It's funny yeah. how it happens and when it happens and stuff like that. Like, I was never into this mental health stuff like three four years ago and now i can't shut up about it yeah so it is it's the right time you're not, i don't think you're gonna have like um you know a, a younger guy at the age of 20 to 25 i just it's not the right time for it you know what i mean they haven't well, really it hasn't hasn't taught them anything. yeah exactly yeah you know so i believe like and it's definitely you know i'm 34 and it's only come to me in the last couple of months and you know i still the thing is like the health and fitness is massive and that will drive me but i need to work on the other areas as well because there's no point getting to the age of 50 and realize that I've just trained every day, you know what I mean? And done, done nothing with family and friends or whatever the case may be. So it is a good way to look at it. And then like what I felt was when the gym reopened was that it's just another part of life. It's not meant to be your life. You know what I mean? So, and that's definitely, that's one thing that I realize now. And like I set myself going to the gym three times a week. I think next week I'm going to have to go two times a week because it's affecting my swimming that I'm trying to be good at, you know, but the fact that the gyms are open and kind of like going back into that, pushing back into that situation again. So I, like doing this kind of work allows you to take a step back and go, you're going back to where you are, like slow down, like rein it back in again, look at the other areas. Like, cause if you're saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else, you know? So that's where you just have to be aware. So yeah, I, I think what you said there, like you have to, you do have to like, sometimes you do have to make sacrifices and you have to, say yes or no to certain things and some people may not like that some people may not they won't respect you the first time or they may not accept it the first time but after you do it a few more times they'll probably yeah. they'll be like okay this person's actually taking it seriously yeah like when, when i first went to the gym my mates were like what is what she doing what <laughs> is he doing yeah uh, but then now it's like they, they ask for advice they're all this kind of stuff and they're really really supportive i'm so lucky with the kind of as brian calls the inner circle that i have yeah um, but it, it's one of those things that people can either jump on board or else they can heave ho. And I've had to do that, yeah. unfortunately. I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. But yeah. it, it it is so, so important for who you surround yourself with. Aiden or Adrian, before you finish up, you have you had a new venture before you before lockdown. Um, so yeah. I'm going to get you to chat about what the new venture was, what has changed and what, what, your, what your kind of thoughts on it were since lockdown. Uh, because yeah. a, lot of, a lot of stuff has changed for you with that new venture yeah so i suppose it, it, the, the the business idea actually came to me before i was a fitness instructor but it was to do with the health and fitness industry uh you know you have dexa scanners that are designed to measure body fat bone density and so forth and these are like they're high-end machines that you would find in hospitals but InBody have a brand that measures do the exact same thing and it's called an InBody 570 and i've seen it in the gyms here in australia and I was like, oh, this, this looks like it's like it's really cool, whatever it does. So anyway, I used it. And then it taught me that our bodies are 60% water, that you, your muscle mass, how much muscle mass you have, how much body fat mass you have, showing you that obviously then that the BMI can be out of whack because of the fact is you have a lot, you have a lot of muscle, you're carrying a lot of muscle, you're a big, a big guy or whatever the case may be. So the intention was that I was going to start up uh, in Body Ireland. So I ended up flying home uh, after... I had left the mining job. So this was going to get me my step into the health and fitness industry. Yes, I wasn't a fitness instructor. And uh, I went to set up the business in Ireland. And as I was at the airports to go to England to buy the machine and stuff, uh, the flight got cancelled. And then that's when I, two days later, I got offered uh, the position. It was actually in Spain with Dale from Unit 27. He said, you want to come down to Mallorca? So that led me to uh, Mallorca. That was the start of it. But 
I let it go for a while and then I went to Thailand and then the product was in Thailand and I got the product into the gym in, uh, in Unit 27. And, you know, it's been working well and it's a great tool to teach people about body composition and that how under eating will lead to uh, muscle uh, decompos- uh, decompos- decomposition, sorry. So like burning a wastage of muscle, whereas when we under eat that we can actually not just lose body fat, but we're burning muscle as well. And, you know, teaching people about their BMR and how not to be, basically not to under-eat and how to train to train well and eat well and still get results. So when I went to Bali, um, I was working for six months or so. And then I seen that there was an opportunity. Bali is a massive area, just like Thailand now for the health and fitness. There's plenty of gyms. There's CrossFit Wanderlust. There's Body Factory. The list goes on. There's, there's probably 30 gyms in that Changu area. And it's becoming really popular. So two weeks before this whole situation kicked in, I finally bit the bullet and decided, okay, I'm going to invest and I'm going to start my a little passion project, as I'd like to call it. Okay, I was going to start this up in Bali and got the product in after research into how I would get it to Bali. I got it in and uh, two weeks after I'd taken it out for the first time, I managed to take it out to three different gyms. And next thing I had to pack it back up and uh, box it all away because obviously, you know, I had to leave and stuff was getting, we didn't know how things were going to work. But I suppose what it has taught me is it's still in Bali. It's in a gym at the moment, but I went to start up as I would call it a passion project. Okay. There is an investment in it and I wasn't in no way prepared for what I was about to get myself into. I had no clear vision and now I did jump the gun on it. You know, I thought I knew what I was doing, but that has taught me so much that since then I realized that what I want is freedom. Like what I want from life is freedom. So I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to do things. So my business plan to start was that I was going to set up a personal training business in Bali, in Chengdu, which, you know, I was already working out of some gym. So it was going to, I had a foot in the door in a lot of places. Um, but since that has happened, I've come here. Then we, I've hired a business coach again, going back to, if you don't know what you're doing, hire someone that does know what you're doing, whether it be a fitness coach, a business coach, whatever kind of a coach. And, um, yeah, I was like, okay, I've made the mistake with fitness. I don't really want to make the same thing again with my business, you know what I mean? Because it's 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 a lot of time and energy and it's an investment. So again, the business coach has taught me that the, the business can be any model you want it to be. It's how how do you want this to work? Me and you could have the same product. We'll have two different ways of wanting it to operate or wanting it to look. So the, my business coach for two weeks, he dragged me through the shit, truthfully. If you ever want to get a business coach, they're going to ask you all the questions in life that you've probably never asked yourself and truthfully I wasn't ready for this like I was not ready for what he was about to ask me and you know why was I doing this I was doing this because I believed it was a product that people could use that people would benefit from and then yeah like it's it is still a product that people can benefit from but it just it's how you want your business to look for you so now that I've been here with the last four months I've we've been able to build the brand around me not being there it can still work, it can still operate, but it's going to take away me working there for maybe four or six hours every single day. Whereas now I believe I still have the same product, which I do, and I still have a business model that's going to bring me in probably just as much money. But because I hired a business coach, I believe because of the knowledge he has that I can make this work for me. When things get back to, to being better, obviously, is another case. But for now, I'm in a position that I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to work with it and it's still going to bring me an income. And if I do, and when I go back to ballet, that I can work with it if I want to, or else I can probably have a happier life and let it run and be working on the other stuff that I want to do. Because if I wanted, if I did the work with this, like he said, I would be asking him, I would be asking myself the same questions in six months time or in a, year, in a year's time if I didn't ask him now. So this way I'm saving myself a year of probably hardship and not asking the questions. So the last four months has allowed me to think about what I want, think about how this business can operate, and then give me the freedom to do more of what I actually want to do. Because truthfully, no one wants to work. People want to do what they want to do. You know what I mean? So whichever way you can make it work, obviously, if you have, I call it a passion for fitness that we can get paid for, that is brilliant. For anyone that has a job, they're working at the moment because they want to work, because they want to take that holiday or they want to 
save for a course they want to do in college, whatever the case may be. Everyone has a passion inside them that they want to do. Like mine is fitness, yours is fitness, it's helping people. And that's truly what I want to do is help people. So obviously I'm working on a course at the moment that involves fitness, health, well-being, and so forth. But this other project that I had started off can work for me as well. And now I can move my passion over and focus on what I really want to do with my life, which is give me freedom and work with people and, you know, travel and do adventures and everything else that goes with it. So, yeah, look, it's a little stepping stone. It's a learning curve. I'm glad that it's kind of happened now. And truthfully, like if I was still in Bali, probably I would just be running around like a headless chicken trying to teach three classes a day work on this business and then you know, a year from now being like, oh my God, what just happened? Like, and everything has gone to shit. You know, you need structure in what you're doing and you need to know why you're going that way. Yeah, I think like one of the things I use a lot is like without a plan or without structure, it just leads to chaos. And as you said, I know myself when I was doing face-to-face PT, I was running around like a rat arse fly. I was trying to do nutrition courses, trying to do everything, trying to look after clients, trying to run online face to face and i just it, like I, I i i look back now and i can see why my body just completely shut down i was like i wasn't looking after myself but also it, it's it's for yourself and for myself anyway like we're very lucky that we can work in an industry that we enjoy working in and we get to work in and do what we want to do or work in an industry we want to do but it's also trying to make it work for us in that it it's more than just a hobby that we get paid for and it's something that we can make work for us and potentially just grow and it's it is a lot of people have and i can see it from other people that have hired mentors business coaches and all that kind of stuff but it is about putting the stuff into action and it is about trying to embrace it is uncomfortable as hell at the beginning when they do that whole going through your psyche what do you want out of this what is your business and if you can't explain your business in like two or three sentences they're gonna nail you they're gonna nail you hard yeah. Because so many people are like, oh, it's X, Y, and Z. And you're like, that makes no sense. So to, to, general, to John and Mary down the road, they couldn't give a shit what, what it does, but what does it actually yeah. help you with? What's yeah. the use? It is. It's, it's like, uh, what, what value are you bringing? It's like, oh, yeah, you, know, you think, you like, anyone that wants to do good in the world think you know, is set out to do good. But then when you, like, why, why am I going to buy it off you? Like, you know, it's like, why am I going to buy your product? And it's like, because it's good for you. And then they're just like, but this is a job of a business coach that I never knew that I was going to get myself into either. Like, you know, and it's, it does, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable as hell. And, you know, if it wasn't uncomfortable, everyone would be doing it. You know, we all know that. It's like, it's just, I just want people, if anyone's listening and they, they are deciding to go into business and they do get a business coach, just be prepared for like what it's going, what, what stresses are going to be on you for the first couple of weeks before you even have a business. You know, that's why. That's stay away stay away from like those uh 10x coaches or whatever they are the fitness <laughs> they fucking annoy me so much yeah. but like literally go to someone if you can see someone who is doing well more often than not they have coaches if you look at brian yeah. he openly talks about he's had coaches pat Dively has business coaches yeah. the top people have business coaches have yeah. and top people have coaches um yeah. and like if you look at professional athletes ronaldo had a sleep coach yeah, like a lot of people have different coaches for certain yeah. t- parts of their life yeah. that they they need to tweak. Um, Adrian, I could like I could chat to you all day and say literally like sitting in a pub with with a pint or <laughs> chatting to you. Um, but I think we're bringing the ear off people enough. Yeah, I'm gonna let you talk about where people can find you on social media. Um, and basically that's it. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. No. Um. Appreciate Shane. So yeah, people basically find me on Ado Allen. Uh, Ado Allen's at it on Instagram. Basically, I have a Facebook page. I use it now and again. It's at Adrian Allen. I do use everyone thought Facebook was dead until I did that 10 day mastery course four months ago and it's put me on the road that I am on. And yeah, I, I run a Life of Challenges Facebook group. I'm just touched. We, we ran it in June. I haven't done it since, but again, I'm just trying to figure out what works. And it's a group, a community of people that um, to enter the group, first of all, they had to do 200 burpees. So I wasn't just letting anyone in because, you know, I want people to work for me. That's the intention. And uh, yeah, I gave them three challenges. Again, it's health related, fitness related and connections. And it's funny, just before we go, the hardest part about all of it was it was 30 minutes of walking per day, uh, 
15 minutes of reading per day and then they had to make one phone call to a different person at every day, different person for the month. And what caught them all was Fine. the phone call. Yeah, yeah, couldn't ring. Like people failed and it's like out of the 65 that I had in, 13, 15 people finished it. But at the same time, why did people fail? Because they couldn't make the phone call to some people during the day. And that's what really made me, and that was two months ago before I ever kind of realized that this was what, you know, the connections and relationships that people have that making a phone call was so difficult. And yeah, it just kind of made me think about a lot of things. And it's true, you know what I mean? It took me a long time, like to, to build up the courage to be ringing people every day just to stay in touch. And like in the time we're in, it's the most important time to call anyone. So, you know, it's never too late. If you want to set yourself a little challenge, you can do 14 days, call 14 different people. You know, just don't be calling the same one twice. <laughs> yeah, it's mad because my dad always says it's just pick up the phone like if you're trying to book yeah. a on people always go online first and they're, they, yeah. when, like you're waiting like two or three days for that for the thing to come back to you why not just yeah. wake them up yeah, yeah. Uh, Adrian <laughs> I cannot thank you enough for giving up so much of your time and for coming on you've been a massive supporter of myself and the podcast yeah. some of the messages you sent back to me are, are very heartfelt and it doesn't go unnoticed uh, it's been incredible to have a chat with you um, and yeah. I really really hope you keep going the way you're going and things really do pick up with the business wise but also you keep going with the kind of the meditation the journaling and doing those extreme challenges um, so I'm I'm delighted that things are, are going well for you and thank you so much for coming on perfect Shane thank you very much for having me that was uh, great fun thank you Guys, if you've enjoyed the episode at all, please do tag Adrian and I up on your story. Like Adrian is very, he'll come back to you on DMs. So if you want to slide into his DMs, he'll be more happy. <laughs> so uh, guys, thank you so much for listening and I hope you've enjoyed it.